Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Unbound and Rewound Horror Podcast, where we dive deeper into every horror book and movie for a closer look at their bone-chilling anatomy. I am Avery, your queerfully, fearfully host. Make sure you're following me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Substack at Your Horror Podcast for the latest horror content and podcast updates, such as what to expect for every new episode. Today, folks, we are joined by another podcast host, another horror fan, another movie fan. So I'm going to go ahead and let them introduce themselves. Go ahead, John, take it away. Hello. I'm very excited to be on. Uh, my name is John. Uh, I go by John Lobster online. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I don't know, horror is a big part of my life. So I was really excited to do this. Uh, I, It's just a really great time. Uh, and I don't know. Recently, I spent all of October kind of planning on watching a bunch of horror movies. I do it every year. And then this year was just kind of weird planning wise. So I've been watching a lot more TV lately. Um, mm. But the one thing that I do a lot of, uh, which is if are you familiar with the game Dead by Daylight? Yeah, I haven't played it. I want to so bad, though. You should play it. We should play it. I'll have you on the stream. There we go. That'll solve that problem. Yeah. Oh, my God. It'll be so much yeah. fun. Yeah, they just I'm added Chucky. My... So. I'm in my like horror gaming era. I watched, I watched Five Nights at Freddy's, and then ever since I've just been like playing it. I bought it and I started playing it, and now I can't stop. I I hated those games so much when they came out. I fu- I fell in love with that movie a little too hard. I think yeah. it's so campy and so fun, and the mm-hmm. animatronic, like the puppet, the Henson's team what they did with the uh, animatronics was good but yeah i similar boat i was like not a five nights at freddy's person and then suddenly i'm just like my tiktok feed is just all the lore yeah all of it everything matt pat screaming in my face yeah the whole thing (laughs) but uh but yeah so i've been playing a lot of dead by daylight they just uh came out with chucky which has been a lot of fun because it's actually been scary again so Yeah. yeah and then we just got done watching uh loki just ended um yeah yeah ahsoka our flag means death if you watched our flag means death no i don't i've been told it's like i've been told it's similar to what we do in the shadows just in terms of like i guess yeah yeah Yeah. it's it is similar in tone but it also i think it's a little more sincere um and so yeah and it's really good it's also gay pirate show just very gay pirate show um uh, which was a pleasant twist they didn't it wasn't really first season wasn't heavily advertised and then like mm-hmm. it's like oh this is a pleasant surprise um but yeah so that's mostly what i've been like keeping up with lately um yeah i feel like last year was a really good year for a lot of newer horror movies and that's where i was like oh, yeah. really there was a lot of really good stuff last year they were just feeding us i last year was my favorite year for horror um and this year i mean i am someone who's gonna find something to love about every movie no matter what um 
And so, like, everyone's just ragging on this year. They're like, all oh, the movies this year are terrible, da 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 But I don't know. I still, I've enjoyed every movie I've watched, I think, for the most part. <laughs> yeah, I've been very behind. I, I have my, my watch list on Letterboxd has just gotten longer and longer and longer. Um, so it's like, I have this backlog of, like, I still need to see is it talk to me what's the one where yeah. they're like okay i still need to see that i've heard good things um so, so many good things what was the other big horror release earlier this year that just got pushed to the side for me i'm trying to remember Actually, mm, just... evil dead rise yeah i haven't seen that yet i still need to see prey too from i think that was from last year too yeah i actually i didn't watch it until after the fangoria chainsaw awards because mm. i've never been a big alien or predator person because it's more sci-fi um but it won so many awards um and so i was like okay maybe i'll give it a i'll give it a chance and quite frankly it had me hooked so much more than i anticipated yeah i i've i've got to catch up with that and then uh oh i have been watching chucky the, yeah, the TV this, show, which the, this yeah. season's been very Don Mancini just having his day. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's like, that's so I'm a little behind on like this year's horror, but last year in general for movies, but especially horror was just, there was so much good stuff. Um, I'm still obsessed with Barbarian. It just, mm, right. there's yeah, a lot of really good stuff last year. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't think we've all moved on, but I'm still with x and pearl and i'm just like itching for maxine um and now that the strike is over i feel like we're finally gonna get a move on with all of these postponements yes. um so i'm very excited for what we're going to be getting in the next like six months um yeah. but so you are a gamer you are a movie lover um I think this more applies to games than movies, but you can also touch on that too. Um, what genre could you not live without? So I was torn because I was like, I was thinking about this a lot. It really is kind of a tie between, for movies, between like superhero and horror. Um, they're the two things that I grew up with and kind of stuck around. I'm like, I, I say this is like you can see all like the Star Wars Legos behind me, but I'm not the biggest sci-fi guy. Like it really is just like Star Wars is my sci-fi go-to. Yeah. But I think I think it's really a tie between the two, just because I grew up around horror. I I live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, um, mm. which uh, if uh, you you probably are aware, but it's the home of George Romero. It's where Night yeah. of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead were filmed, um, and so we have a big horror presence in Pittsburgh. Um, and so for me, it's that kind of like home it's it's that feeling of being at home when i'm watching a horror movie which is horrifying and then uh for superheroes it's just i don't know i i like a little bit of hope in my day so most of the time yeah. those deliver on that front but i i just those two genres i don't think i would be nearly as invested in media as i am um i think i would have probably just done other stuff mm -hmm. yeah. so that being said how did you did you ever watch brightburn no, I have not. That's I, the that's the Superman kid, like evil Superman movie, right? Mm -hmm, yeah. yeah, I think when it first came out, I was not interested in it. But then I did watch it. It might have been like, I don't know, just on a TV somewhere that I happened to be. Um, I definitely was not watching it by choice. And it 
wasn't that bad. I enjoyed it. And I think for someone whose ties between horror and superheroes, it could be right up your alley. Um, so maybe you'll get a chance to watch it sometime soon. And you'll that just was to... that was James Gunn, right? That did that one. I don't know, actually. Let me see. Yeah, yeah, sure. I have it, uh, the boys I've been watching, which that that first season definitely plays out like a horror movie with how Homelander is just a menace. Oh so, my gosh! Yeah. Yes, I was sitting there thinking I was like he could be a really good killer in DVD. Uh, for those that aren't familiar with Dead by Daylight, it's a horror game where one player is playing as a killer, usually from like a movie franchise or something, and the other four are trying to escape. And I was just like, oh, he'd be terrifying to play against. So yeah, uh, did you watch Gen V? Yes, loved it the last episode i knew that he was gonna come like on the last episode but when he approaches marie and he said what kind of animal are you i took that personally and i have not been able to stop thinking about it because that was just an insane thing to say and he wagged his little finger in front of her mm-hmm. whoa speechless yeah. yeah it it wrecked me in a way that i'm like i hope because they've said in interviews and stuff that they are planning on like they're interweaving the shows very specifically so my hope is that we don't have to wait both all the way past boys season four and then wait for the next season of gen v for them to get out of that situation because uh yeah yeah, that was like they were like oh there's no doors i was like oh this is awful this is the worst thing that could have happened uh yikes yeah no i i think the show is a lot of fun and i think just that gut punch at the end was just like Mm -hmm. you're like you're like oh yeah we're they're doing it they're succeeding they're gonna you know and like i knew something screwy was gonna happen with homelander and of course it was like yeah (sighs) yeah yeah i am interested to see how they do the boys um this upcoming season and i think it's coming up pretty fast i know they tweeted um maybe like three or four days ago and it was um it was like oh shit here we go again and i'm like oh my gosh are we back yeah so so exciting and maybe we'll have to do an episode on the boys because absolutely it's a fixation for the both of us yes it's so good i i i literally i hadn't rewatched it all and then i rewatched it i spent time rewatching that in october and that was uh yeah, because it's just, it's that, like, I don't know. There's a lot of good stuff in there, but... uh mm-hmm, yeah. Well, let's get on to our discussion of horror. Um, as much as I would love to keep talking about the boys. I'm here uh, to convert so... your entire show to something else entirely. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I just, I just welcome anything, any sort of conversation about things that I love. Um... But you said that you were really excited to be on my show because you do love horror. Horror has always been a big part of your life. And so what was it about horror that stuck out to you when you first discovered it? If you could even remember your first encounter with it. So it's kind of touch and go because my dad made the mistake of showing me when I was three, (gasps) Night of the Living Dead. Mm. And then when I was six, he showed me Child's Play. and that's where the problem started because that affected me in a negative way i was terrified of dolls for i think seven or eight more years after that like nightmare like if i saw a baby doll or if i saw a picture of chucky or something that night it would be a nightmare about dolls coming to life and killing me and so like awful and uh but then i i i think it was like probably around like maybe nine or ten was when i really like i started like they would have the amc fear fest i don't know if that's even a thing they still do anymore 
yeah and so i'd be obsessed with that and just watching you know they do the marathon of like halloween on halloween mm-hmm. and all the nightmare movies so i think i think it's just that kind of it was kind of just generally a part of my life i can't pinpoint a specific um i just know that i was very endeared to uh kind of for for some of it it was just like the fantasy of it right like things like freddie or michael um or chucky for example but then the other part of it is just that genuine i like to call it like microdosing trauma to my partner uh of like there's that level of like things like ghost face or um like any like like this movie that we watched uh it it's that kind of that it's like oh this is a thing that could happen and that's either a it's executed in a way that makes it terrifying or b it's executed in a way that makes me go i could survive (laughs) i would live um but yeah i think that's it's just it's kind of just all encompassing Mm -hmm. um and like i like as far as like genres like it's really just it's i focus on the slashers but like i'm good with like anything that pops up yeah i actually this october made me realize because i these are questions that i like to ask everyone that comes on my podcast because everyone's answer is going to be different and i think it's so cool to hear different horror fans questions and opinions and experiences um but this october i was watching amc fear fest it is a tradition to me like i i just love watching it every october um and that's when i realized that that is no it wasn't my first encounter but it is what fueled and like kept my love for horror going because i think through amc fear fest i watched movies that i would have never seen had they not just been playing on cable um like tremors first of all even now if i had never seen tremors i still would have never watched it but i did on amc fear fest (laughs) um so it's yeah i love that programming and i love that they've continued to do it all these years because it's been on since i was a kid um yeah it definitely it definitely kind of steamrolls any slowness to getting into horror because it's like oh you're just gonna watch horror movies all month okay great and on halloween it's like you're going to learn everything that you can about michael myers and laurie strode and mm-hmm. I mean, what more could you want on a Halloween night? Um, so you yeah. said that slashers are, you know, you enjoy them, but you'll really watch anything. Um, is there a movie within the slasher genre or like any particular subgenre of horror that has really stuck out to you within the last like two years? The last two years? Um, I think, I mean, my heart's with the Scream movies, mm. so definitely Scream 2022 and Scream 6. I loved what Radio Silence did with those movies. Um, I very much was like, oh, yes, this, it, to me at least as a fan, watching it as someone that's rewatched those first four movies 50 times a piece, like, uh, it felt like I was watching the work that Wes was doing with the first four movies continue on like that same feeling that same uh kind of feeling amongst the cast at least from interviews Mm -hmm. the way they were talking about it screamed the kind of same way they were talking about it back in the 90s so i really i mean those two really were the highlights but then kind of more outside of just the main main you know core horror movie characters um the menu yeah i really enjoyed and i count that as a slasher movie uh and uh, megan Mm-hmm. and the again, if you will yeah i i mean the scream movies i know that there are a lot of scream fans who do not like what they've done with the newest 
series or franchise. Um, but I just love that they're trying to right their wrongs in what they've done in the previous screams as well. You know, they've talked about how gay characters are the first to die, but then they're trying to rewrite that and all these other things. Um, and I think with the inclusion of black and queer characters, they're able to kind of rewrite those and rework them and create new tropes. Um, but also Megan, like, I mean, I don't know how, but she is a gay icon. I don't, <laughs> I mean. Immediately, overnight, gay sensation. Gay sensation. I, yeah. I ended up with a poster from the theater where you go see movies. At. I ended up with a Megan poster, and I'm so happy about no, it. No, that's a treasure. Yeah. You, like, do yeah. not let anyone take that from you. <laughs> yeah. I'm very excited. Speaking of treasures and speaking of Scream, uh, so there's a convention coming up in December, and, like, the majority of the cast from the first movie is going to be Are you talking about Monster so Mania? Just... No, it's uh, Steel City Con oh, okay. uh, over in Pittsburgh. And so I got I got a one-sheet Scream poster of the original Scream, and I'm going to bring it and try to get as many signatures as I can kind of thing. But That's it's, exciting. yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. I, I think, and like you were saying too, like with the newer Scream movies, like there's they had the generational divide between the characters mm -hmm. so the characters always felt a bit separate and having the four that they do now and especially like the meeks twins yeah. are both uh they're too they're too gorgeous to keep surviving these movies but also i don't want them to ever die i'm fine if like they keep having the dewey experience mm -hmm. of like look at us we almost died got nerve damage now i guess i don't know yeah, yeah. but it's yeah. um and so with you've talked about night of the living dead um and where you grew up that's george romero's like that is his place um and so if there was a movie that you could ever watch for the first time again would it be night of the living dead a george romero movie or something completely different I think it'd probably be different um, because I think I think the the night the of the dead movies um, they're relatively evergreen mm -hmm. um, outside of like obviously the twist uh, not the twist but just the end of the first night of the living dead movie is devastating because Ben makes it all the way through the right. night and then doesn't uh, because humans are the worst and so but outside of that I mean I'd love I'm gonna focus back on Scream I'd love to see Scream again but uh barbarian or malignant oh yeah the twists in those movies i would kill to mm -hmm. that. because with barbarian it's this like sudden like tonal shift entirely we've now got scream king james long or oh, God, yeah that's it right justin long thank you uh just doing something else and being not any character he's played yeah before. and then having it then loop back around I, perfect twist in that movie malignant was such a fun uh kind of you know more of like an action horror mm -hmm. but like definitely kind of reliving that like reveal of just and then just the grossness of it all yeah. and how it all like worked mechanically yeah i think those two would be really fun to kind of i also like if i was like if someone had already seen a lot of the basics of mm -hmm. horror i think those would be two that i would kind of show as like a, okay here's some of the weirder stuff but it's not it's not too like the budgets were good they had the production value was good there's no the writing isn't super clunky with either movie so i feel like both are really good like here's how weird it can get 
So. Yeah, I Malignant is definitely, I did not give it a chance the first time I watched it. Um, mm. But then I tried to rewatch it because I've recently been around people who just love that movie or talk so highly of it. And, you know, one thing about me is I love to feel included. <laughs> and I'm, <laughs> I want to know why everyone enjoys something or doesn't like something. And mm. so I gave it another try. And yeah, that's like, that twist is insane. I do enjoy that movie and what it tried to achieve. Um, I think I, one movie, not even the whole movie, but just a particular moment is hereditary <laughs> and, mm. and the cold because the like the gut drop that I experienced and the tenseness of my muscles, like I will never get that back. So I would really like to just be able to relive that one specific moment. Yeah. For as much as I was disappointed in the latter two Halloween movies from the new trilogy, oh, yeah. The opening kill of Halloween ends with the kid. Yeah. When I tell you, me and Bob, we gasped and grabbed each other because we're like, wait, they did not just do that exact thing to a kid in yeah. a horror movie. Like, and that movie goes off the rails, but like that opening is just like. That was definitely, oh. I think when a movie does that, because kids are a very sensitive like demographic and horror um when a when a movie takes it that far it's like you know we're going that far and it's the same thing with like hereditary with talk to me um which you haven't seen so i won't speak too much on it but like it's one of those things where it subverts your expectations because the kid is at the receiving end of all the violence which sounds terrible i promise you all like I love children, but it's just like, wow. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's also like, it's, uh, it's a, it kind of removes that like plot armor aspect that exists in right. movies. I think, especially when it comes to, you know, um, it doesn't happen as much with like characters that are like older mm. nowadays, but like, I think, I think there is the idea of just like, okay, these these characters the way they're written the way they're presented in this movie they're going to be safe no matter what just because we wouldn't people don't do yeah. that and i think there's a level of when you remove that you go like oh the gloves are off anything could happen in this movie yeah. and it ramps up that fear i think i think that happened a lot with um you know it went and it came and went and uh did its best but the walking dead mm -hmm. uh when they did season two and they brought the little girl out of the barn and i was like oh no like i think it's just it really kind of sets the floor for you to go i especially in horror i can't feel comfortable because horror is not supposed to make you yeah. feel comfortable sometimes they do uh but then other times it's more like oh that's not how that's supposed to right. go it's it's it, it just subverts the expectations so well mm -hmm. um and like you said like it's horrifying especially because it is uh it's innocence being lost uh except that kid in halloween end was a little shit um yeah. but like such a yeah but uh it was but yeah there's there's that level of like i think it explores a lot of feelings and allows the viewers to explore a lot of feelings that they don't normally just because of how dark that yeah, gets 100 percent. and i think 
to an extent the same as with animals because there's a whole website dedicated to whether a dog gets hurt in a movie and i think those are important details to know going into a horror movie um any rational person would search that up um so it is one thing to be a horror fan as we both are but it's also another to immerse yourself in the community and to take it a step further by becoming a voice within the horror and even just movie horror game community Uh, so what brought you to becoming the content creator that you are and has it opened your eyes to anything that you were unaware of prior whether it's about the community or the genre or gaming or whatever it may be yeah i think it's twofold because i had kind of done content on and off for years and then we did our podcast for four years Mm -hmm. Uh, and the first half of that was all interviewing local artists and comedian friends that we have the second half we really dug into movies and we always i say we like bob picked them but like i was like oh there's a new horror movie coming out like that kind of thing um and we and we'd focus on a lot of horror stuff and i think just for me it's that that ability to like communicate what it is about a project that you really enjoy i think another part that really made it a focus whenever i do do any sort of content is because i uh from 2011 to like 2016 2017 i worked at a small independent theater in pittsburgh um and the people running it at the time uh were all founders of a lot of them were founders of horror realm convention in pittsburgh Mm -hmm. and uh so I would be working with and spending time with, you know, in my kind of adolescence and teenage years and early college with people that were like really deep in the community. I mean, they're, they're the ones that are like really organizing things, getting panels together, getting, you know, people that were in the movies or making the movies to come and, and do these shows. And so I was really getting inundated with a lot of independent horror back then. And just, I think that highlighted that for the most part, I say for the most part, because a lot of the internet can be trash sometimes, but for the most part, I feel like horror fans can be some of the more chill yeah. fans. There's less of a kind of mentality of like, oh, you enjoy that horror movie? That means your opinions are bad, yeah. right? I think there's a lot more of like, oh, that's really cool that you enjoyed that movie. It wasn't for me because there's so many subgenres. There's so many in wow. the quality ranges because it's also one of those genres that's really, um, I don't want to say easy because that's not the right word, but like it's easy for filmmakers to kind of get their feet wet with. I think that's yeah. why a lot of we see a lot of people start with horror uh, because it is just like comedy. You're you're trying to get a specific emotion, mm-hmm. and I think if you can get those emotions down when you're making a film, you are capable of then telling other stories and other mediums. Um, so I, th- I think just growing up around it, uh, and then also just wanting to talk about it more um and talk about it with people i think that was the big driving thing and then for for streaming it's just i i've played dvd since the start of the pandemic i streamed it a little bit back then but now i've been streaming it pretty much weekly and um i think part of it is playing with friends Mm -hmm. because more often than not there'll be enough of us that one of us is playing as the killer and i'm a menace because they all don't know how to play (laughs) and i'm gonna send them that exact clip so they can hear it oh so you (laughs) want me to to come on your stream so that you can just completely wreck me in the game i 100 okay i see where this is going if you're fine with that if you're good with that honestly no it's it's a learning process at the end of the day (laughs) so i appreciate it you're just you're just trying to teach me the the hard way um we're microdosing trauma trauma. it's important no yeah i yeah which i'm sure yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> I um I didn't work at a small independent theater. I worked at an AMC when I was in high school. Oh fun. But still I do think being around people, not everyone worked there because they loved movies, but there were a small group of us that worked there because we enjoyed movies. We loved getting the free posters and the free screenings and I think it did draw me closer just to the art of film and um, because I got to watch so many, I my interest just continued to grow. And so it's, I don't often meet other people who have worked in theaters. Um, so it's it's fun to finally find my community within, within the horror <laughs> community. But- Yeah, I, it's, it's a weird experience because like there's a lot of downtime. Yeah. So we were just kind of back and just talking about movies or whatever. Um, and then there's that like rush of like, oh God, there are so many people that want popcorn and they're just gonna spill it everywhere. Yeah. And then I'm gonna have to use that dumb broom oh and dustpan wiggles. Yeah, I had, a, I, had a, I had a couple of friends that worked at, they worked at, uh, I think it was like Cinemark mm -hmm. at the time. Now I think AMC owns them or whatever. But um, but yeah, it was, they, they had the more traditional experience of, we we had a, a because we were an independent theater a lot of the people that would come in were a little more mature so we didn't have to yeah. deal with as many kids in a movie theater per se um but but uh yeah it's yeah good good times and bad times is that what we call trauma i don't well, you know i think my trauma has really built me into the person i am today a podcast a podcast host <laughs> and who wouldn't want to be where where we're at you know right it's <laughs> truly top of the heap i it's... know and while we're on that let's start talking about the movie because talk about trauma talk about a mess um, for us or for the character in the movie yeah no yeah oh yeah okay yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> but also yes kind of for me too <laughs> no, no. did you survive a... it's not that bad it's not that bad i did okay. survive the the watching experience though um okay. so the movie that we're talking about today is called christy it is a 2014 slasher horror movie directed by oliver blackburn and written by anthony jazwinski uh its runtime is an hour and 23 minutes it's 86 minutes, whatever that is. Uh, it premiered October 14th of 2014. Pretty sure that's called math. I know. And the thing is, I was never good at it. So here Same. we are, podcast <laughs> host. <laughs> Queer horror podcast host. Yeah. No duh, math needed. Math. Just the bare minimum. But um, it premiered at the London Film Festival before debuting in the States on Lifetime, which is crazy because what what Life. business did lifetime have premiering this um but it also makes sense after watching it so <laughs> that's you know what man that really nails it on the head it's like a lifetime horror movie but that's actually it's exactly what it is what it was yeah okay that makes more sense but now. the casting is good um and that's that's one thing that upsets me is a good casting for a bad movie it's starring Haley Bennett and the one and only Alice Cullen, Ashley Green, Queen. Um, oh, is, oh, yeah. It was hard to tell. Like, wow. she was complete opposite. Yeah. Hood down the whole time. Yeah. yeah. The, and, okay, this is a crazy part. The budget 
was $6.9 million. Guess how much it made in box office? Less than that. Definitely. Uh, maybe like $2.5 million. $1 million. $260,000. Like... Oh. Oh no. I the biggest flop I've ever seen. I think this might even be worse than Ginger Snaps because Ginger Snaps had quite the flop too, although I love that movie. It's just like that was a really bad flop, but I think this might even be worse to be honest. I think I think it doesn't help. Not only did it flop, it's also so I had not heard about this movie until you were like, "Oh, do you want to watch this movie?" I'm like, "Sure, let's do." Yeah. It. And then I'm watching it, I'm like, what have I been? What have I been put through? Because there are there are I have some positives, but it definitely is like, wow! I didn't think it would. Mm, yeah. Well, sorry, sorry, crew. But like surprisingly, cast. the reviews for it, at least on Letterboxd, are not super bad. Um, the reception of yeah. the film, well, as expected, was overall underwhelming regarding the script, story, and direction. But audiences really loved uh, Bennett's performance. And then, um, so Christy is about a college student who is not even named Christy, and she stays on campus alone over Thanksgiving break and finds herself terrorized by a cult of ritual killers. The IMDb rating is 5.9 out of 10, and the letterbox ratings were really high, as I was saying. It was kind of higher than I expected. Um, what movie was it that I, the last movie that I reviewed was Perpetrator on the podcast that had like a 2.1, 2.3, and this had a 2.9, which I was like, wow. And most ratings were like at least a three and yeah, I'm like, okay, which is why I like Letterboxd better because people look at it from, people look at, look at it more subjectively than objectively. And it's always fun, especially the actual reviews. And I've started incorporating them into my episodes because I was on a different podcast where they were looking at like Goodreads um, book reviews and picking out their favorite ones. So I was like, I want to start doing that, but for Letterboxd because these people are creative. Um, And so I have two here. (laughs) The first one is a three and a half stars out of five. Oh, okay. Wow. And it says, no one was even named Christy. And points were made because who is Christy? I mean, we know. We know who, like, what Christy is, but who is she? We know what Christy is. We don't know when, where, why. Yeah. Um, The next review is a three out of five stars. Still pretty high because that's not what I would rate it. Um, It says... She just like me for real, listening to Lana Del Rey in the car. <laughs> that was. I think I think there are a lot more LGBTQ individuals on yes. Letterboxd leaving reviews than there are on IMDb. IMDb. I am BD. I'm... Oh no! I'm sorry. I'm having a stroke. IMDb. <laughs> uh, there we go. Yes, God. we're here now. Wow. Uh, no, yeah, you're definitely right, and I think that's why I like it because it's also like you can rate a movie but not have to give like a paragraph even though sometimes I do but it's also like sometimes you can just have fun with it and talk about a part of it that like you found funny or whatever and that's what I enjoy about the people on Letterboxd um just like 
just like the user who loved the Lana Del Rey part. And that was so 2014 of them to include too. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I think getting into kind of the, if you're going to move into the actual meat of the yeah, movie, go ahead. thought. Um, so I think the thing, the, the main positive I have about this movie uh, is a, the cinematography is like really good in parts. Yeah. Like, I don't know how on a, on that low of a budget they were pulling it off but they did in a lot of parts i was like the lighting was very like especially like the gas station scene right. it was very atmospheric the fog uh gave me like strong silent hill vibes mm-hmm. um but also her performance throughout the beginning of the movie where we're getting that kind of slice of life kind of her just having run of the college by her like her dorm by herself and like she's like dancing in the hallway and she's mm-hmm. like like it's just we were, I mentioned earlier, sometimes when you watch a horror movie, it can be cozy, it can be yeah. comfy. And I that beginning part, I was like, oh, this is comfortable. But I think it just went on a little too long. And then the pacing for the rest of the movie is thrown off by it. Yeah. But I, I think I, it's very weird. I don't know if that's what you picked up on, but it was very, she was just there doing her own thing, having a good time, which was fun to mm-hmm. watch. Um, that's where I that's where most of the positives come from for me her performance was great especially in that like beginning part where we're getting to know her and really they're giving us the reason to care Mm -hmm. for her later on in the movie yeah not i i definitely think the beginning for me the beginning like title sequence was just too long for me i was like this is going on way too long and i think the reveal and the motive of the movie, there wasn't a reveal because they gave yeah, it to you right, it took so right long. in the beginning. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, you don't know who Christy is. You don't know, you know, whatever that is. But you know that, you know, Christy means is like God. And you know that they're trying to kill people who are pure. Like they explain all of that. So then when they start coming after, well, I think her name was Justine. When they start coming after Justine, it's like, you know, they're coming after her because she's quote unquote pure and nice and a good person. And it's like, so because people compared it to the strangers on Letterboxd, which what a, what a word. Um, but like, I think in the way that like the strangers didn't have a lot of gore um, and it was just such a kind of like a simple narrative, I can see where people would, would think that. However, the thing with the strangers is that they held out that reveal. You don't know why these people are killing or like trying to kill this couple until the very end. And the reason is just so like jarring and unexpected. And it's such a slow burn as well. Um, and then this movie is the com- it's the complete opposite of that. So it's like, I mean, I see maybe they were trying to subvert expectations by giving, just giving it to us in the beginning, but then had it not been such like a cat and mouse chase and thrill, I would not have been watching this movie. Yeah. I think if they had, I think if they had further twisted later on and had it been revealed, maybe that, you know, the main one was maybe the boyfriend was cheating on both of them mm-hmm. with each other and she decided to take it out or they like they revealed something else to amplify it because the the character motivations for the killers in this movie which by the way uh they they kind of did like a magic trick to me um 
I thought there were only uh, three total uh, killers. So when there was another guy with a tinfoil mask, which, by the way, what a choice. (laughs) What a design choice. Just, hey, then again, six point whatever million dollar budget makes sense. I didn't realize there were three of those guys and then the one, the glasses and the hoodie. So when she had killed the two of them, I'm like, oh, okay, we're we're clearly moving towards the end of this movie and she's going to go fight. What's her face? Nope. Suddenly we've got another one. And I was like, I had to stop and like pull up IMDb and look at the cast. Where was he the whole time? Because I don't remember him. But I think I think there's this level of like it's i i get so i also kind of had put uh in my notes uh it's kind of like the strangers and i think it's more so in that home invasion movie right. vibe um it's just executed so not the mm-hmm. best i think is the difference and i think i think it's also like you said like the stuff we're given up front like oh it's an online cult of people that don't like a certain type of person now it's timely, I yeah. guess, but like it's very like it was very kind of lazy character development, mm-hmm. and they had so much time that they could have spent doing that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I going back to the the mask, not the mask specifically, but the very last guy, she like mm-hmm. goes to lift his mask up as if she's gonna recognize him as if she knows who it is and even then when she does and she sees him the way she reacts you think that she has a personal connection to this guy but she doesn't from what you can remember from the rest of the movie so that like that moment in particular i was like what what was the point of this i guarantee you that was just in that actor's contract because he was the most famous of the three aluminum foil face man people he was he was he was a, uh he was in the walking dead for a little bit he's been on a bunch of like tv shows i 100 percent guarantee you the only reason they revealed his face was because it was in his contract to not just be on the poster but like that whole thing. so true that would make yeah. sense because it was it like you're looking at like she's like i was like oh maybe she's gonna lift up it's gonna be the boyfriend or maybe yeah. you know it's gonna be someone and i didn't so correct me if i'm wrong because the beginning's a bit of a blur the girl that was doing like the dishwashing that was her yeah. right I genuinely, they looked like two separate people. I thought that was a different, I thought that was like this roommate they were talking oh. about. I thought this, like, I, and then we get the roommate and she's leaving and stuff. I'm like, wait, where'd the dishwasher? <laughs> <laughs> like, it took me, it took me a bit into the movie to realize, oh, she's the dishwasher girl. But yeah, you would think they would have revealed, like, oh, he's a teacher. Yeah. Like, make it something mm-hmm. personal like that, like, of like, reveal that the people that are in this cult are people that she interacts with yeah um but and even with the cult aspect i think the cult aspect is a way of like making this slasher unique because most slashers are not unique like it's this it's a very copy paste narrative structure um which i mean it's simple i love it it doesn't need to be complicated but i think because they were trying to make it so different from all the other movies within its subgenre that it was a little underdeveloped um, because it's like, okay, they're trying to kill all of these girls that they think are pure and good and nice and they have nice cars and pretty faces, whatever. 
but why? Like, what are they getting out of it? What's what is their like religious or spiritual beliefs that are causing them to do this? Um, so I think like while the that within the premise makes it unique, not in a good way, but I will say the setting and who the killer was um, was unique. Like just in the fact that it was a woman. Um, and she wasn't killing her out of jealousy or anything like that necessarily. Like it was just, it was a cult ritual. And I love a college campus setting. I don't think we do them enough. That was probably, and I think that was like, it, it gave me scream Two vibes exactly. a little bit of like this empty college town. Like it, so I definitely think, yeah, the setting was executed fantastically. I think having there be power issues with the building helped a lot too right. with the atmosphere of like, this is clearly not like a top college. This is maybe like a state school or something. And I think it really helps set that up. I, I think my problem with the killers is mostly the three tinfoil mask so men. I think, cause it's just copy and paste. Mm -hmm. They're just all like, one's got a bat and one's got a this and one's got a knife. And it's like, okay. Um, like I, I, yeah, I think there just needed to be maybe a little more of a personal connection between exactly. her and at least the main one, which I think her name was Victoria. Was that it? The like ringleader of the killers? You know, I do not remember. I personally feel like she wasn't in it enough. No. Like the fact no. that I can't... She showed up, she was at the gas station and then suddenly. Yeah. Yeah. I, the fact that I can't even remember her name and it's Ashley Green like I want to see more yeah. of her I wanted to see a fight and that's another thing oh my gosh the ending the <laughs> ending ended way too fast like I wanted to see some sort of like payoff like I mean and the payoff was there but it's just like at what cost I wanted to see y'all fight a little bit yeah yeah I think I think it's probably just they didn't have the budget to do because like the the most impressive thing in it to me was the underwater yeah. fight scene that they had going on i was surprised at how well that relatively well that was mm -hmm. executed um compared to i think some other indie horror movies that i've seen that have done water stuff where you just can't see yeah. anything i think i think they really use the fact that they had a swimming pool and i really love that in the the scenes leading up to when the kind of twist happens where it's like oh she's being chased yeah. by these people we kind of get each of these spaces that she's going to yeah so really and like we get we also get to see that she is an adept swimmer mm -hmm. she knows what she's doing and so that really plays into that so i think i think they kind of burnt through their budget on crushing someone with a car and doing the swimming pool scene that when they got to her, it was like let's set her on fire let's let's try it well and they probably spent half their budget on lana del rey <laughs> like the fact that they had a lana del rey song in it that probably took at least three three million of their of their budget i can tell you exactly where the budget went and it went to james ransone <laughs> who was in this movie i he showed up 43 minutes into the movie and then he was gone at like the 52 minute mark. And they said, we want you, here's half of our, actually not even half of it, most of it. Here's most of our budget. Hi, you were, you were in the new It movie. Can you be in our movie for five oh minutes? Sure. Like, yeah. yeah. And I will say, um, I hadn't heard of this movie before either, but because of the strike, I was like, have to find a movie that isn't, 
currently a part of like a struck company um and so that's why i chose this and i'm like i have really bad news though i know i know i like and it's the craziest part is this is a harvey weinstein like produced movie but it's about the redemption of like women and the violence against women and i i just don't understand how you can contradict yourself so much yeah i yeah well then again same company that made the scream movies uh, and halloween, yeah some halloween yeah. the the 90s halloween. Mm-hmm. h2o and uh yeah resurrection yeah it's uh it was i because I, I watched it and i saw the twc at the beginning I'm like i don't know what the fuck that is because i just assumed independent yeah. company and then we get to the end credits and did you see the after credit scene no <laughs> what happened <laughs> there is the worst after credit scene it's literally this girl's coming home from like i think getting groceries or something and she's walking up to her front door on the phone with someone not talking about anything and there's just these like people in hoodies like like kind of sneaking up to her and it's like flashing the k symbol from earlier so it's implying that like it's other people across the country and they're gonna get this part it's a different girl entirely it's not even so it was yeah it was really dumb but so i because i was watching through and then i see the weinstein company i'm like so luckily the strike congratulations to sag aftra uh and to wga strike ended a couple days ago uh which made this a lot more exciting because we could talk about other stuff more stuff yeah in depth but uh yeah it was a it was like oh no but that's the thing i think the movie itself and and kind of you talked about you were glad that um the the motive wasn't jealousy Mm -hmm. for one of the killers i did appreciate the fact that when the boyfriend showed up he got off immediately oh my gosh yeah because like i think they spent so long already at that point making her very smart like there were the parts where she like this is another thing i appreciated she was very smart in the sense of like she'd like throw her phone or throw a something over so they'd go that way and yeah. she could sneak around very like video game-esque um there was the part where she like wiggles the pots in the kitchen mm-hmm. so she can like sneak out um and i think just getting through all that having her be a very confident strong final girl to then have her boyfriend show up and just be a twunk and i'm like i don't need him to save the day and luckily he just gone as soon as yeah and i like i think that's another way that it kind of not necessarily like flipped the narrative on its head it didn't do anything remarkable but like because slashers especially when you do have like a leading woman um they usually have some sort of man who's going to save the day who comes last minute and so the fact that yeah he was killed off almost immediately first of all he was stupid why are you walking up to someone with their back turned to you like that's what you get that is exactly not even stupid for that she's literally saying hey it's me your girlfriend run away right now and he's just like but why <laughs> he's just like questioning it yeah. i'm like ask questions late later maybe? I, something that really annoyed me in the beginning of the movie with them is that he was like i like he wasn't treating her like she was stupid but like sometimes the way that he would talk to her just really like got underneath my skin it was like she was he would be like oh you're so stubborn like oh it's not that big of a deal like just not i guess undermining her a little bit um and i just 
I couldn't wait for him to leave. <laughs> yeah. And then he left. And then he came back. And I, and also, like, I think it was just the fact that, like, he was clearly more, I guess, like, in love with her or something. Because she didn't want to say, like, I love you. Like, into the little That's, speaker phone yeah. thing or whatever. Like, she was, like, weaseling away a little bit. I'm like, yeah, fair. He's really laying it on thick. Like, hey, I need you on recording saying you love me. And it's Weird. like weird also it's 2014 you've got cell phones. that's so true also where was her cell phone yeah. for the first like well this, hour this, this movie, movie reminded me of like have you ever heard of the i think it's from 2011 maybe it's i think it's called chain mail or chain letter um but mm -hmm. it's about how you would receive like a chain email and you would have to pass it on and be like, send this to 10 people or you die. And like, that's the reality. They, if they sent it, if they didn't send it, they would die. Um, and that whole premise is surrounded around the theme of like the fear of technology. And I think that's kind of what this movie was doing as well, but because technology was a little bit more advanced at that time. Yeah. Usually when you're focused on the fear of technology, you're focusing on the future and what it can, but like, I feel like this, that was another underdeveloped part of this, of the story. Yeah. Yeah. I think when it comes down to it, I think a lot of it is just the fact that it's very underdeveloped, but also just, I think just, they developed it to a certain point and just stopped. Yeah. I think they just kind of were like, it's a, it's a home invasion at a college. Mm -hmm. Here are some slasher characters with tinfoil masks. Isn't that quirky? um the character i think i think my favorite like of as far as like chemistry goes was i think his name was wade the security wade, guard yeah. and uh the main character who justine yes something by the end of it she gets a new name but <laughs> she i think their their little like chemistry they had i was like oh that's fun like yeah that makes sense it was a very natural like oh yes that makes sense in a college setting. yeah it, it was very i i think and again none of the actors in this were terrible mm -hmm. i would say it really just came down to what they were given to work with yeah so they did what they could yeah um, and that's sometimes the job yeah. and that's yeah the acting was definitely the strongest aspect of this movie i mean even and we've talked about the budget this entire time but like the horror elements were definitely lacking in my in my opinion um and i think not even necessarily that i need gore but like it was just i think they were betting on the fear factor of people chasing after a girl and trying to sacrifice her which i mean yeah is a scary thing but like it just yeah all happened so fast but yeah do you do you think that this movie is like deserving of the slasher title or do you think it's more so like a thriller i think it goes more thriller i really lean into that like home invasion yeah. subgenre. um slasher just body counts not high enough and the killers aren't interesting yeah. enough um i mean if you you could now hear me out you could call it a reverse slasher because she's killing four of them <sighs> in a row and chasing them around the college yeah. so if you want to flip it on its head and get real thoughtful about it sure it could be a reverse slasher but i think home invasion college invasion is kind of the better um 
subgenre yeah. fits I into. think that's giving them too much credit though. <laughs> so Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I'd watch the hell out of that oh. movie. A final girl going around killing serial killers. Yeah. Amazing. Well, that's kind of like Happy Death Day in a way. I yes. And I think that movie was really good. And it takes place on a college campus, but like not in the way that you expect. Um, mm. Yeah. What a great movie. I haven't watched that movie in so long, but. What a, what a lovely way to stop talking about a mediocre movie is be like hey remember this other movie that's way better. so much better no yeah i no um i do think i gave it the benefit of the doubt i think it's a slasher in my book a good one no but in my opinion a slasher consists of one mass killer a limited location a body count even if it's not high enough and a final girl and you have all four of those and then some because you don't have just one mass killer you have three and a ringleader whatever that is she's got sunglasses yeah that's some and piercings i mean i can't tell it's ashley green hey, so maybe that's edgy yeah <laughs> um so i do think i think it's a slasher it's just not one that i would recommend if someone were like hmm, what's a good slasher to watch I've never seen a horror movie. What would you recommend? Well, Christy from I can tell you what not to watch. <laughs> exactly. Do you often um, watch, do you correlate horror, like holiday horror movies with the holidays? You like to watch the horror movies that kind of like revolve around the holidays? Not particularly. I'm more, I love the fall setting for yeah. horror movies, right? movies that are firmly planted in the fall like in an area where fall actually happens mm -hmm. i think those are for me like when i think of like seasonal like holiday specific stuff that's the vibe i go yeah. for but like because like i like i can't really i can think of other thanksgiving horror movies that i haven't mm -hmm. seen but they've, they've never been i've never been interested enough to watch like thanksgiving right like maybe someday i'll watch it but like, I think, I think more of like, just going for that very specific fall vibe. I love like trick or treat does the season oh justice um, yes. as well as Halloween specifically. I think if we have to talk about the in-between between Halloween and uh, Christmas in this area, nightmare before Christmas, yeah. um, I think, I think uh, Wendell and wild yes. also beautiful movie. Great. Yeah. So I think, I think that kind of, if there are leaves dying on trees, I'm happy. Yeah, and that's and that's something that I could say this movie did not have enough for me. There were not, I mean, besides them, there were some radio like dot, like they had the radio on and they're like it's Thanksgiving weekend. It's like okay, okay. but <laughs> the leaves aren't falling. There's no orange. There's no yellow. I'm not seeing it. Um, but I did think the Thanksgiving decorate like the fall decorations in the dorm were cute. They had like leaves mm. in front of the window. I was like. Okay, I guess that's the fall vibes we're going for. Um, I that was their fall budget. Yeah. <laughs> I do love holiday horror because I do like to correlate. It it gives me an excuse to watch a horror movie mm. during a time where people don't watch horror movies. Some people reserve their horror movies specifically for October Halloween, and I think that's a crime. Um, but like Christmas, I love a good Christmas horror movie because 
Christmas is supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year. It's supposed to be happy and cheerful and joyful and warm. And I'm like, okay, but when you have a Santa Claus who's who's on the run and killing people, then what? So I just think, especially like you have It's a Wonderful Knife coming out this weekend. And mm. that looks like that looks unlike any other christmas horror movie we've gotten so far because it's not just like it's not a santa it's not like robo santa krampus like it's an actual masked killer but like serving that killer is serving and i'm so excited oh my god but but yeah i love a good holiday horror and i'm excited to see thanksgiving from eli roth that's coming out soon um because I think that'll that'll definitely one up Christy, maybe even like two up two up Christy for a Thanksgiving horror. I think I think Christy has firmly planted itself in the ground where the bar oh. is. I, I think it's getting over it's a tiptoe. It's not a yeah. It's not a, a hard vault to to pull. Uh, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a movie. <laughs> It was filmed and edited and released on Lifetime. <laughs> Lifetime. That's like just the cherry on top of this whole thing. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, you said that Thanksgiving is a, another Thanksgiving-themed horror movie. I think another downfall. This is the last downfall I'll talk about in terms of Christy. There was no turkey. And for it to be a Thanksgiving movie, no. there has to be a turkey. Um, so... There was the pumpkin the pie. The pumpkin pie from the gas That came station. out of nowhere. It didn't even look like a but pumpkin where? pie. It wasn't. That's the thing, though, when she was checking out. Because I was watching this because he said he wanted right. a pumpkin pie. And I was like, she's at a gas station. Where is she getting a pumpkin pie? On the counter, there's the Mountain Dew, the toothpaste, and then, like, some other little thing. But not the little plastic pouch of pumpkin pie. She, I don't know if she made a detour, but that pumpkin pie was but not also, from that gas station. And I was. How are you getting a plastic pouch of pumpkin pie? exactly on thanksgiving like that yeah it was yeah so even like at least it had pumpkin pie though and nothing and nothing else. else fall leaf decorations the mention of thanksgiving and a plastic a plastic pouch of pumpkin pie there you go did he even get to eat it no because he, he died before he, he even died. yeah <sighs> what a shame wow well we have ragged on this movie um and it's been a great time (laughs) but i feel like it's very easy for people to guess what our official rating is i will give you the honors of going first (laughs) i'm gonna be i'm gonna be a little generous i'm gonna say a 1.5 out of 5 mostly because there's some parts where the cinematography is decent Mm -hmm. uh and then also again i don't think her performance is necessarily a weak spot in the film um i think she she's carrying a lot of it she has to uh but that's about yeah. it that's yeah that's fair i typically like, lean more generous um compared to everyone like i'm always i'm a half star <laughs> person too i love a good half star um i did give this movie a two i actually just changed it <laughs> i can't lie <laughs> i had I rated it a three after I finished watching it because no, because to rate to rate something a one or a two, like that's bad to me. Um, but then after we're talking about it and I'm like, no, yeah, that was not good. 
everything I'm talking about right now, not good. The points you're making, valid points. I'm like, okay, <laughs> two stars for Haley Bennett and Ashley Green, and that's all. <laughs> yeah, and Wade, Rip Wade. R.I.P. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think it's I think it's I, I do lean generous with a lot of stuff. Um uh it was kind of like the core theme of our show towards the end of it. It's it's that thing of like, look, there's an amount of work that goes into mm -hmm. making these things. Uh there's a lot of moving pieces. It takes a lot for me to go, oh my god, that's the worst movie I've ever yeah. seen. It does not take a lot for me to go, that's one of the most mediocre uh, movies I've ever seen. And this definitely falls into that. And getting getting on Letterboxd uh a couple years ago made me like be more like is it like first i'm like yeah i'd rate this a three star this a three star this a three star and then when i'd look and be like wait no this is definitely better than this but now they're both three stars so i went back and like re-ranked yeah. all my movies so that they were more appropriately so now i'm a little like i'm generous but not like forgiving yeah, i guess forgiving i'll tell you <laughs> the to this day i don't think i rated men a24's men i rated that terribly it was my very first terrible rating on letterboxd but i actually oh. think there's another movie that has a worse rating than that i can't think of what it is right now but it is one of my lowest ratings i have yet to rate anything this year a one um so Damn. hopefully i can make it to the end of the year without doing that but i am a type i'm the person who i rate things subjectively and then objectively so like mm. Mm, i say it all the time twilight it's a five stars on letterbox for me i get you it know, it's, it's like that uh i think i recently rated scooby-doo cyber chase of five stars and you should okay wait yes i the the mook animation uh scooby-doo movies are iconic scooby-doo and the witch's ghost is my favorite of the bunch um scooby-doo and the cyber chase definitely the worst of that bunch but they were still, still fun. good yeah i love seeing i really like callbacks in franchises and movies mm -hmm. and so i think that's one thing that i like about um cyber chase is the callbacks and being able to see like the older monsters and everything like that um my favorite to this day is scooby-doo and the witch's ghost for obvious reasons talk about a fall movie hello yeah yes tim curry oh my gosh oh my god thank you everybody i've gotten in several arguments with friends recently the ones that i stream with talking about whether or not witch's ghost is better or zombie island is better they're both fantastic witch's ghost better i think i have bit. to well it's rough it's um and i'm not opening the argument don't break my heart i'm don't not opening the argument but it's like i think zombie island has more of my heart because it was a gateway horror for me like that movie was terrifying mm, which i saw scooby-doo and the witches ghost first oh. so it was same thing yeah it's just the order yeah, yeah. i think like and mm. witches ghost also it was like those two movies were the movies that i watched on repeat um i actually like to say that um I like to say that the Hex Girls were some of my first crushes because I watched that movie too often and specifically for the Hex Girls. So, yeah. But um, I think different reasons, but definitely Witch's Ghost is better because, like, just the... Oh, my gosh. Wow. That's cinema. It does the fall That's vibes. Cinema. It does the yeah. fall vibes. Yeah. 
100%. No, I realize the lowest thing I have rated as far as horror goes, uh, it's a tie between, it's a three-way tie between Halloween Ends, Annabelle, and Cult of Chucky, all with half Cult stars. Cult of Chucky was so. rough. That was rough. Oh my gosh. Thank you. I just found out that um the, I don't remember what her name is right now, but she was in, she was in Cult of Chucky and she's in the Chucky mm-hmm. series um that that's brad dorf's daughter Fiona yeah, Dorf, yeah i didn't even put mm-hmm. two and two together and then i was like yeah that actually makes so much sense for many different reasons yeah that's why that's why last season they had a big arc where she was like possessed by him yeah. kind of thing was because the family resemblance and the ability to do the laugh and like all that's yeah that's yeah it was i so i I love, I've always loved digging into the behind the scenes mm-hmm. stuff and the Chucky franchise after I got over the initial hurdle of, is my Chucky doll here? My Chucky doll is way over there. I'm not going to go grab it. But um, I, after I got over the initial hurdle, love that franchise and kept up with it and like all the behind the scenes. And the second she was cast, I was like, oh, it, it's a family, yeah. family project. Oh, it's it's like fun nepotism. So um, but that being said, called the Chucky. <laughs> God awful. Not, uh, oh man, I don't know. Now I don't. Was Christy better than? We'll we'll circle back at a <laughs> we'll circle back at a later date. I think I think thinking too much about Christy in this exact moment is going to cause us to like short circuit. Um, <laughs> well, uh, where can my listeners find you on Letterboxd or Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all of it, any of it? Yeah, so uh, you can find me uh, for active stuff. You can find me at Junk Lobster on everything, J-O-N-K, Lobster. Um, and I stream Mondays and Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern. We play usually Dead by Daylight. We also branch out and do some other stuff. Uh, and then if you'd like to hear me talk about movie stuff with my uh, extremely creative partner, uh, you can find us uh, at The Butch and the Buy or at Good Time Watching. And we've got over 100 episodes of a bunch of different things going on. It was a little too scatterbrained to be uh successful in any way shape or form but it was a lot of fun and there's a lot of really great episodes there so uh we have plenty of movie episodes uh to listen to there so both of those things uh if you want to check them and out. honestly it does it really matter if it's successful if it's fun i mean as long as it's not taking up yeah. like as long as it's not weighing you down and you're still able to have fun with it it's like who yeah. cares how many streams you have like any what you're getting out of it if you're getting like if you're being able to immerse yourself in the community, meet new people, having fun, like that is what I love about having a podcast and being able to have other creators on my podcast um, and being able to meet up with them. Like since moving to New York, oh my gosh, I've met so many creators here and horror fans. And it's just like such a, such a fun and like exciting and like welcoming community as well. Like you were saying earlier. So, um, yeah. And hopefully one of these days, uh, I'll be playing dead by daylight on stream with you. Um, I just have to emotionally prepare myself first. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I have a number for a good therapist. Okay. okay, Good, good, good. Um, but all right then. Well, thank you so much, John, for, um, showing interest in being a guest on on my show and also just you know being here talking about enduring christy and talking about christy um, <laughs> and uh definitely everyone make sure that you check out his work um on the butch and the Bye, good time watching uh junk lobster all of it 
And uh, you can always find me at Your Horror Podcast on every single platform except for Letterboxd. That is Avery C-O-F. But that's all we have for you today. Um, Like I said, thank you so much for listening. And I hope to catch you next episode. cameo no like he's like finally it's over (laughs) bye everyone your phd in black cinema sister soldier listen i read my entertainment weekly okay i know my shit